Hey, welcome to Downtown Sasquatches. In exploration into all things Degrassi. I'm Tori Conley. And I'm Luke Fagenbush. And boy, did we get in it last week. I'm, I'm excited for these episodes because we learned about Toby's parents' divorce. He dealt with that. And we, uh, we learned about Ashley and Paige and their desire for a, a modeling contract. They wanted an agent who happened to be Toby's mom. And then uh, Jimmy and Ashley thought they were going to do it. Thought they were going to get all sexy. They decided against us. And we did some endangered animal stuff with Emma, who we don't really care about. We're always getting into the endangered animal stuff with Emma. I wish she was an endangered animal. <laughs> Me too. The, today, this week, we're going to cover the episodes Basketball Diaries and Secrets and Lies, which are episodes seven and eight of season one. And they are real bops. We get some really iconic clips this week from characters across the cast not just a couple i was excited for secrets and lies because i knew it was going to go on but just all across the board secrets and lies had some moments Mm -hmm. some real moments so the first episode we're going to cover basketball diaries it's the seventh episode of season one and it's also an odd one uh title wise as far just like the mating game because it shares its title with a movie and a book from, mm. uh, I don't know when the book was written, but the movie was in 1995. And so was The Mating Game. That was a movie. About, about a basketball, I would imagine. Yeah, I actually watched it once. It was on TV one night when I was at my friend, I don't remember whose house I was at. We were in like middle school. It's a pretty good movie. And um, the Canadian air date was December 2nd, 2001. Mm-hmm. The United States air date was April 15th, 2002, which I'm surprised given the content, they didn't just push back every single episode. Yeah, I'm the surprised end. it made it here at all. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Story by Jan Moore and Aaron Martin. Teleplay by Tassie Cameron again. Directed by James Allady. And this is the only episode of Degrassi in any series that he's ever directed. He went on to... Do a lot of TV, a couple movies. He's a Canada native, and that's all I really looked up on him because he's not super important for episodes going forward. Well, I'm glad he gave us this. This is his swan song. Yeah. Well, first and last. (laughs) So after Parents' Day, this is the second episode to feature all of the main characters, which is an accomplishment given how many they have on this ensemble cast. And it didn't seem like they were juggling them. They did it pretty skillfully. No. They, I didn't even notice. Yeah, I don't even notice when that's the case so far. I'm not going to say that that won't happen in the future, that it's it's like, okay, we're when, shoehorning everybody. When we get here. our favorites and then we're like, he wasn't in that episode. Do I have to wait another goddamn week? <sighs> tell, tell me about season 10. <laughs> tell me about it again. So our grade seven storyline. Wait, wait, wait. Can I can I do a thing? Oh, what's that? Well, you you have fun facts, and I found IMDb had some real gems. Okay. And when Let's you do it, em. it's kind of expected. But if we could make a recurring segment where it's like Luke's fun fact corner for my, we can workshop the name. <laughs> okay. But uh, Luke's okay. fun fact corner the, the today. Fun, what IMDb gave us the fun fact for Basketball Diaries is um, this episode takes place in September of two thousand one. How about that? Oh, I mean, they were in Canada. Yeah, just so you, just so you can relate to the world a little bit, just know where you're placed. Also, in September of two thousand one, 
uh, the Nintendo GameCube makes it to Japan. Wow. Big, big year, big month for the Nintendo GameCube. That's so relevant to Degrassi. Uh, I'm so glad you brought it up. In New York City, Michael Jackson does his 30th uh, anniversary uh, concert. Was it on September 1 through 10? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would assume. Well, why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> People weren't really traveling a lot. The September 12th, Michael Jackson heals a nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so our grade seven storyline. Did- oh, and that's been Luke's fun fact corner. Ding. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Is I that feel a good validated. end to that? Can I can I end it and move on? Uh, and start the episode. Well, this is a little. I don't care for this part. It could have ended a little bit ago. <laughs> okay, so our grade seven storyline. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you don't have anything else to say? I was. Uh, I'm just waiting. I'm excited. Oh, okay. We start with Liberty rushing to get the script for the morning announcements to Ashley, who is. Not happy about Liberty being late, and she chastises her. And we find out during the announcements that tomorrow's announcements will take place in the afternoon for a special pregame sp- screening because there's going to be an exhibition game Exciting. for the basketball team against their rival team, Earl Grey. Yeah, <laughs> like the T. I thought they say it so many times, like it's supposed to be normal. It's just a very odd name for I, a school. I wonder if it's like because they are British Columbia, right? I, I don't. Mean, I don't know where that Toronto has something is. to do with Canada. So maybe that's <laughs> the British part seeping in. Maybe they have like all sorts of black tea sports names and Lipton and maybe yeah. the, the Fighting Liptons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so we cut to media immersion class, Snake's homeroom, where JT, Manny, and Emma are watching the announcements, and Liberty comes in while they're happening because she was she was pretty late, I yeah, guess. And they were in. straight up miring Ashley. They yeah. were all about her. She they said she's a natural. They were very impressed. And they get to the part where Ashley reads the joke that Liberty wrote at the end of the script. And the joke says if you see the Earl Grey team holding lighters, it's because they always lose their matches. And then JT says, not bad, being wrong for the first time. I'd have to agree. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's corny enough that it, it doesn't hit the, the dumb dumb joke thing where yeah, I'm not it's, excited about it's it. It's just a bad joke. It's not a joke that's so bad I enjoy <laughs> it. And and Liberty was real mad that Liberty, Ashley got to say her joke and take credit for it. And Emma butts in, like she always does, and decides to create conflict where there is none. And she says, this is wrong. You write everything, <laughs> and she gets all the screen time. We need but a But it's button. your career. We do need a... Emma, this is wrong. <laughs> we need a soundboard with Emma saying, this is wrong. One one of the clips from next episode, two two or three of the clips from the next episode, oh, yeah. actually. And Snake hasn't come in yet. He's late to class, like he apparently always is. That seems to be a trend. I thought he was a better teacher. He is. He's a good teacher in that he cares about the children and their when success. When he's there, but he also seems to be a little bit messy in his personal life. Yeah, we, I think we get to that. We, in we do learn episodes. that. Oh, and she mentions that she found that joke on the net, the net about the lighters. I had to mention that. So Sean is like, well, why do you even care? Like, why are you doing extracurriculars? 
Toby asks him, well, aren't you going out for the basketball team? And Sean replies, giving us a little bit of backstory that his social worker said it might be beneficial for him. And he seems to have no shame about that. And I love that about Sean. Yeah, we're learning a lot about Sean. His bio so far is he's from Wasega. He's living with his brother. He doesn't have money for computers and he has a social worker. Yes, and, and she thinks that a team, that too, a team sport would be beneficial for Sean. And then he says, I'm, she says it would be beneficial, but I don't give a rat's. Then Snake walks in and says, class. Which is an actual good joke, Liberty. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and so once they continue to talk about it, Manny does what she does for all of season one where Liberty says that she thinks it's dumb, that she has to write all of it. Then Abby, a- Ashley gets to say it on the announcements and gets all the glory and the praise. And Emma is like, mm, I think you should get her to share screen time. And Manny immediately changes her tone. Who was She was wowed by Ashley during the announcements this morning. But then she says, uh, a monkey could do her job because Emma decided it was bad. Yeah, She's really wishy-washy She's... in the first season because they haven't given her character much to do. So they just make her be like Emma's little yeah. lackey. She's kind of the Terry of the grade sevens. She really is. and I'm glad like, she blooms into a beautiful wildflower. We are going to get some iconic Manny, but not this season, I don't think. Mm-hmm. We've got to let her her grow up a little and get to that. Cassie Steele was 11 when the show started. I think she was the youngest cast member. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. So Emma tells Liberty to get Ashley to share the air. And Liberty decides to act on this because she hadn't considered that until Emma decided to uh, just take her big wooden spoon and stir the shit and then say, hey, what smells? Because that's what she always does. (laughs) I can't... Emma the worst me. chef. Oh, and on the note of things they actually learn in media immersion, Snake says as the scene transitions, today they're exploring the fascinating world of HTML. I did write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Liberty asked Ashley to talk after one of their classes and says, I would like to be on air sometime. That would be really cool. Not all the time, but mm-hmm. maybe occasionally. Reasonable request, I think. Yes. And Ashley, did you see how thin her eyebrows were, by the way? It was so distracting. Ashley's eyebrows. I didn't notice that. They were so thin. She poorly explains the hierarchy of the video announcements at Degrassi. So before we talk about the rest of the video announcement storyline, I just want to establish from what I understood from how she acted and what she was telling Liberty, she did kind of have a legit point, but she was not getting it across at all in any effective manner. It seems like... At Degrassi, for the video announcements, an 8th grader always does them. That's kind of how it works. And typically, the 8th grader that does them has written, as a 7th grader, written the announcements and paid their dues the year before. And that's how it came off to me. But she never says that plainly to Liberty. She just says, it's my job. Yeah, you're saying it just now that made sense to me if i were liberty i would be like oh okay i'll pay my dues right and that that's kind of how it seemed from the way they went about it but ashley never straight up says that to liberty she just demeans her and says well i'm on camera you're a writer we're different and liberty's mad ashley's sneaky toxic I just, yeah, like you could just talk to people, Ashley, and tell them why you're doing the things you're doing, and they would maybe understand. 
Yeah, but instead she just like gets flustered and jumps down people's throats and just burns it down. Yeah. We get a little bit of page in this in the grade seven storyline because mm-hmm. uh Liberty is mad, so she lets that stew for a bit. Then I guess after the next class or lunch or whatever, this goes on the whole day. She <laughs> goes and finds Ashley and Terry and Paige after French class. And Paige, as she's walking out, says, I've been told I have the perfect Parisian accent. <laughs> and then she just like floats down the hallway like a cloud while Liberty stops Ashley and Terry. And... She's like, I just want to do the announcements once. I just want to do it once. And Ashley says, I told you no. Like, and she she just says, it's my job. Like, that's not explaining why you're saying no. I get why Liberty keeps asking because you're not explaining it properly. She's coming across like a tyrant. Exactly. So Liberty says, you know what? I'm going to go on strike. No more writing. No more jokes. No more research. You can do it all. And Ashley's like, well, you're not playing fair. And she says, I'm good at this. And it's like, Ashley, those are not reasons. You need to tell her the structure of the club you're in because it sounds like that's why. I think she just like immediately takes offense that she would even suggest it and just has Reacts that. badly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I would react badly too if Liberty would have said this next thing to me. However, in Liberty's defense, she has been pushed up to this point. She's like, Ashley, yeah. a monkey could do your job. Which, public speaking is not for everybody, Liberty. That's kind of rude. But Ashley was being such a dick to her the whole time. So I'm not saying anyone's that, wrong right that now. classic Degrassi gray area. We're, we're all kind of dicks. <laughs> yeah, she says, and Ashley to that comment says, fine, if a monkey could do my job, then I guess you can do it. You can do the pregame announcements tomorrow afternoon. So... When we get to the pregame announcements, Ashley oh. sets Liberty up for complete failure. She makes sure the camera turns on before Liberty is ready or told that she's on air. Yeah, she's doing a weird face massage thing. Which, that's... fun fact about that, that clip is used in her intro reel for the theme song in season six and seven. Okay. That sounds like I made the intro reel for season six and seven. That's not very nice of the writers at all. You know what? I think it was more the editors that did that. And to be honest, Liberty's growing on me a little bit. I did not think that would happen, but... She wasn't objectionable objectionable to me at all in these two episodes. These two episodes... Very good job, Liberty. Good job having a personality. And the girl behind the camera, who I assume was in cahoots with Ashley, because Ashley was in class when this happened, but we know she set it up because uh, the girl whispers, you're live. Like, well, maybe you could have told her that before you went live, you fucking bitch. And yeah, so then, did they not say action? I, I thought that know. was the... That's so not fair. So then Liberty stumbles through the announcements because she's flustered because she realizes she's been doing her face massage on air, yeah. which is a really crappy thing to do to a grade seven, just kill all their confidence. And Paige, we cut to them in class, Paige and Ashley, and Paige leans up and says, good job, Ash, you really set her up or something like that it, it was like good job doing evil didn't know you were capable of it comment. welcome to the club oh, ashley says, the liberty says i've been liberty van zandt and then Paige goes more like loser van zandt oh. <laughs> <laughs> i mean sometimes retweet page not pa- this page always though. does it the best yeah no, the the she could have said hun she could, a little I more sh- we get some i, pretty I wish good we would have heard some more hun in that scene so then to wrap up 
this storyline until we get them merging together at the end. People see Liberty in the hallway upset and they straight up bully her to her face. They see her and they're like, oh my God, that's her. That's so funny. Like they actually said that. And then she runs away and cries in the bathroom. We, the way it was situated, we have a couple of scenes with Liberty being pretty depressed. And the first one felt bad. It was like three seconds. And then the one Asian girl just being like, it wasn't that bad. And then hard cut. Like, and she was it, the one that set her up. She was running the camera. I didn't know it was that girl. Did you see her turn off the camera before she said that? <sighs> yeah. It was that girl. Damn. Ashley's got a far No reach. wonder Liberty was being all uppity and like ice cold if she's surrounded by these vipers. Appa- yeah, apparently <laughs> she has to because all she wanted was a chance. And she didn't even need to get that chance. She could have just been told the rules of the club she was in. That makes sense. Degrassi has so many students doing teachers' jobs. It's crazy. There should be like a multimedia person that Liberty goes to instead of a girl who's one year older than her. Well, and that's part of the way they write the show. They try to write it so that... Adults are never the ones that solve the problems. They want the kids to solve the problems themselves in an appropriate manner, unless that requires calling an adult, which we'll we'll see later. (laughs) Uh, And Ashley finds her in the bathroom crying and is like, you weren't that terrible. And Liberty's like, really? Like, don't take that that liberty, first of all. And she's like, I have a plan. Um, We can fix this. And that's the end of that until we get to our conclusion. Just to put a pin in it, I do want to revisit her plan. Because apparently she has an elaborate plot that I'm sure we'll see later. It's not very elaborate, but we'll get into what her plan was. (laughs) (laughs) So the grade eight storyline opens in basketball tryouts or practice before school. Which, uh, oh, and Jimmy and Sean were facing off in a scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Coach Armstrong gives a pep talk and says, we have this exhibition game against Earl Grey, the T school. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to comment. So I played sports for all of school. Yeah, you're a big (laughs) sports person. Yeah, I played club sports too, but I played high school sports. Soccer especially? Yes. Yeah. I just think it's odd that they would not make cuts before they get to when the games are actually starting. It seems kind of cruel to be like, hey, come through, you know, spring training and do all of this work and attend all of these practices, but three of you aren't going to make it onto the team as soon as games start. Hope you enjoyed five seconds of being on the basketball court playing a real game because that's all you're getting this year. How about you make cuts so people don't make time investments that don't pay off when they're so young? Like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem fair to me. Anyway, he says his decision about tryouts will be based on their performance in the exhibition game, and there's only 12 spots and 15 of them. And Jimmy, a little bit of foreshadowing for the rest of the episode, decides to... Risk being late to homeroom to keep playing basketball and practicing. Yeah, if Spinner is telling you to go to school, maybe listen to that. That's a red flag. That's like a a burgundy flag. <laughs> that's that's not a yellow. That's deep red. If Spinner is saying, "Hey, bud, maybe you should pay attention to school." And Jimmy also has a pretty good line of about the Degrassi paint. Panthers. Jimmy Brooks is on the prowl. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Look at him. So then we get our theme song, and they're in Miss Kwan's class. 
And Miss Kwan has her hand out like she's like assignment or late pass. We're not sure yet, but she's holding her hand out expectantly. And it doesn't look like she's asking for an autograph, Jimmy, because Jimmy is like, um, autographs later, something like that. Something cocky. I didn't write it down, but he said something shitty well, like Ms. that. Well, Miss Kwan hasn't always been the most polite teacher. She doesn't deserve the way they <laughs> treat her. So... Miss Kwan is like, I don't know if you're up to juggling sports and academics. And he says, Miss Kwan, juggling is a sport. Nothing to worry about. I'm fine. Hilarious. In Degrassi fashion, I'm fine. Nothing to worry about. There's something to worry about, yeah, kids. That's like a horror movie. If you do sex or do drugs, then you're, you're marked for death in a horror movie in Degrassi just probably your life falling apart a little bit yeah so after he says that Miss Kwan presses X for doubt and <laughs> she's leading a discussion on Lord of the Flies in English class which is the class she teaches I've been watching out for that because I feel like sometimes they forget or like get lazy and all of a sudden class teachers switch yeah. subjects but we'll see and I mean so Jimmy hasn't done the reading she asks him which character do you identify <laughs> most with in Lord of the Flies? And he says, the main character. And she's, she says to him, it's an ensemble cast. What, which character? What do you mean? And he, he likes the Lord of the Flies. Yeah. That's she, his favorite. <sighs> Jimmy. Well, and what pisses me off about this is we saw a lot of Miss Kwan's English class in this episode. It seems like it's pretty structured. She has discussions on every chapter. They're on chapter eight. How on earth has Jimmy not been able to just pull a character name at this point? Yeah. Like, it, that, is he just zoned out during all classes? Because that doesn't seem like a sports issue. That just seems like a Jimmy issue. And from what happens later in the episode, I can only assume he is the slowest reader and homework doer in existence. He's not unintelligent, though. No, They don't write not. him like that. He's well-spoken. He... It, it's just really odd that it's like, so they've been talking about this for, if you're doing a chapter a week, seven weeks, if you're doing a couple a week, almost a month, <laughs> and you cannot pull one character name out of an ensemble characters Tori, in a book. he has to focus on basketball. That doesn't make sense. So then after Miss Kwan's class... We get the second use of the phrase total natural by Spinner because he calls Jimmy a total natural in <laughs> basketball. So I guess they got real lazy with that, it, with finding synonyms and things during this script. Yep. And so he's not going to get cut. And was that where Jimmy uh, was like, it's like if I try harder at basketball, I get worse at school. And if I try hard at school, I get worse at yeah. basketball. And then Spinner's like, yeah, it's a catch 42. <laughs> And Jimmy says, it's a catch-22. And Spinner rightly says, well, you thought you were Lord of the Flies, so what the fuck do you know? <laughs> like, which is a very good point. Don't listen to Jimmy right now. Yep. He's, he, he can't pay attention in a month of English class. So what else doesn't he know? Mm -hmm. And we hear the little alarm on Spinner's watch for the first time the whole episode. And that we learn that that's the alarm that... That sounds off when he needs to take his next dose of Ritalin. And he mentions that it's been upped recently and he's a zombie. And that's why they call him Spinner. Yeah. Because when he's not on it, he spins out of control. I was very excited to learn out about where the name Spinner came from. It was a little origin story and it's cute. Yeah, we just love, we love Gavin in this yeah. house. 
We've, we've got his name this on our fridge. This is a Gavin household. It is. This is a spinner household. WWGD. No fidget spinners, just spinner mason. We're at basketball practice again. Sean shoots a three-pointer, which is what they're all doing right now. They're in a line mm-hmm. shooting three-pointers, and he gets all the praise from Coach Armstrong. He He's like, amazing. You followed through. You did that with your legs. What a fine specimen of a young man. And Yeah, yeah he's like, look at that toned ass. Oh, no, that no, actually no, that's might se- happen that's at Degrassi. season nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't make jokes about Degrassi. There's so much. It's it, they're not. It's not too specific that it would be a spoiler. So it and it's fictional. So I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, but Jimmy's got his head in a damn book while this is going on. Yeah, and Coach Armstrong is telling him, "Quit being a fucking nerd. Come here and shoot." And Jimmy wasn't paying attention because he was trying to get caught up in English. So he shoots a layup and they were shooting three pointers. And Coach is obviously like, hey, will you pay attention? And Coach Armstrong is a teacher, I believe, at the school as well. I don't think he's telling Jimmy not to study. I think he's telling Jimmy, hey, there's a time and place for that. And if you want to make the team right now is not the time for that. I don't think students in general have enough free time on their hands, but Jimmy definitely has enough to not be reading during basketball practice. He didn't have to sign up for the basketball team if it was that much. Yeah. It's not a privilege. It's And he's not going to some sort of sports school. It's extra. And if he's not doing well in school, that's how every school works. So after practice slash tryouts, which I still don't understand why it's set up like that yeah jimmy and spinner enter the locker room as sean's leaving and we get another like through gritted teeth sean jimmy interaction that's like oh hey bud bet you'll have no trouble making it on the basketball team and sean is like i don't know dude i'm just doing my thing and then he leaves okay i took that as sincere and then he did kind of turn and stab him in the back a little bit, but I think the compliment was all right. I don't, he did not mean it though, because he turns around to Spinner immediately and says, I don't know about that. Whatever. Coach loves Sean. Probably made the team the minute he signed up. And it's like, Jimmy, so did you. Everybody says you're a good basketball player. Everybody but three people make it on the team. I think it's pretty likely that both you and Sean will make it on the team. It's not a matter of either or. Yeah. And I just realized, I don't know if Spinner wanted to be on the basketball team, but was the team manager. But if he did, it would be kind of insensitive where he's trying to support Jimmy through this whole time. He's like, I wish I could play basketball, though. But he seems pretty okay with being Towboy. Well, so tryouts are still going on. So he could have just legit just wanted to hang out with his friends but not do all the work. Which I see that for seems him. very Spinner. Did you notice his team manager skills while this conversation started, by the way? I did not. So he wheels this rack of basketballs into the room as they walk in. And he spends the first half of the conversation just like making sure they're steady on this rack that they won't fall off of. Even <laughs> if they roll. Like he steadies every single one slowly as they go through the conversation. Just it just got to so check un- the basketballs. It's Don't worry. It's so unnecessary. <laughs> like I know Sh- Shane Kipple was probably just... Just finding something to do in the scene but it's like I've never seen anyone do that and it be a thing that would matter well basketball's not as big <laughs> up there Tori you, you have to remember oh yes okay they don't know that they don't have to steady the basketballs <laughs> and, 
And Jimmy cannot take criticism because Coach Armstrong, like a coach of a sports team, was like, hey, here's what you can do better. Like, here's how you can improve. And Jimmy took that as him just like stepping on his game and telling him he sucked. And he's like, he just kept criticizing me the whole time. And Spinner was like, he was coaching you. Like, that's his, <laughs> his job. And he's, he says, if you don't make it on the team, we can be co-managers together. Like, it'll be fun. And Jimmy takes offense to that, which is kind of rude to Spinner. Yeah, I, I'm not real. I don't have basketball wisdom. I'm not a big sports boy. But yeah. I will say, good athlete, poor player. So Jimmy says that he cannot go to the movies with Spinner because he asked him if he wanted to watch a movie because he's got to pull an all-nighter to catch up on English. And Spinner accidentally sells Jimmy on the idea of taking Ritalin recreationally by just telling him how it works. Yeah. Because his Ritalin alarm goes off and Jimmy says, I wish I had something to amp me up. And Spinner said, well, I mean, Ritalin would probably do that because my brain's all broken. So it, (laughs) it just settles things down. But for normal people like you, it's like speed. And Jimmy's like, speed, huh? interesting (laughs) he dumbly wanders into the perfect way to sell him on drugs yeah he does (laughs) he did not intend to but he was very clear i did he say the words drugs aren't the answer because he might as well have yeah but it was it set it up so it wouldn't be like it would be a big moral decision for spinner later because he was making fun of people that say that Mm. because he said you know son Drugs aren't the answer. Just say no in a mocking tone. <laughs> but really, don't do my riddling. Yeah, but, but actually, I like need it. <laughs> so later, the next day, Jimmy walks into homeroom and hands Miss Kwan his assignment and says, Ralph. And she's like, what? And he says, you asked who, my, who I identified with. It's Ralph. Drops some Lord of the Flies knowledge on Miss Kwan. He says Ralph like three times while she's ass- accepting the and assignment. If, also. if you haven't read it, Ralph is, of course, the leader, the charismatic, l- older, athletic one. And so, Some would of say course, the main, main character. Yeah, of course, Jimmy fucking relates to Ralph with his ego. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm the big guy. I read Superman. I relate to Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds very Jimmy Brooks. He's on the prowl, you know. Mm hmm. And so he's wiped for, for energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so Jimmy says he's wiped. He's got no energy because he stayed up all night doing English. And I start thinking at this point, I went to high school. Yeah. I knew high school boys. Did they not just like inject monster into their veins? Like, what about energy drinks, Jimmy? Stop at the speedway on your way to school. It's not that crazy. Get also, coffee. with him being pretty smart, I would think, what was he staying up all night doing for like three chapters of Lord of the Flies? Because he was like halfway through it at basketball practice. And I there wasn't don't... like a huge project. There was one paper, but. So I think we can deduce from this that Jimmy is a very slow reader. Yes. I think because that's the only thing that would make sense that he can't catch up in English specifically. Because if he was a procrastinator, the episode would be about that. Like. Yeah, I don't know what his problem with English is. It it was like a couple pages, the whole assignment. Get on the net. Look up the book. You I don't have know. the net, Jimmy. <laughs> Use it. And then you can do the basketball net thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Spins Ritalin alarm goes off and he goes to take it. And Jimmy's like, hey, 
give me your Ritalin. I need it. I need it or I'll fail and you're my friend and you want me to succeed. And Spinner's like, I guess that manipulation's good enough for me. That's and, what friends do. Yeah, and he hands him the Ritalin and His the dangerous guitarist plays. Ritalin. Yes. And so he can't just take a replacement one. And Jimmy goes to the bathroom to take the pill and he's almost caught by Radich, who is very cheery when he says hello to him, which is Again, out of character for Radich. I just, this man yeah. is an enigma. I don't understand this principle. I think he has multiple personalities or something. I just, or he's got like a really tumultuous, tumultuous dating life. And it's like when he's got a girlfriend, <laughs> he's good. I, I could just use one episode of Radish on the town where he's like staying up all night doing drugs and there are hookers and everything then he goes back to school and he's like Jesus Christ how kids. else do you blow off steam when you work <laughs> at that place though honestly he pills out in his dodge dart so Jimmy takes the pill and we cut to the locker room before the game and Jimmy's acting like he has just snorted a fat rail of coke he's scary on Ridley. he is just going insane he's like, just like grapefruit man Grapefruit. Brain food. <laughs> Eating brain food. Then he starts aggressively dribbling a basketball <laughs> around the locker room. And during the game, Spinner is insanely cheering for Jimmy. He's the only cheerleader that matters yeah, to Jimmy Spinner Brooks. off his meds, it turns out, is a lot of fun. I was a big fan. <laughs> yeah, he's like, go Jimmy, come on. Hell yeah. And you can hear him yelling the whole time at Jimmy in the background. And Coach is like, hey, can you relax? And he says, I'm trying to give Jimmy mortal support. <laughs> he says moral support. Jimmy's not doing great. Almost true. Um, he goes into the locker room. And as we see them go to the locker room, we get S Spinner turning on the boom box during halftime. And I Radich didn't have an issue with what he was doing. He wasn't going to stop him until he, committed he a crime. escalated. Mm -hmm. So he turns on the boombox really loud, and he's just like, how about some halftime entertainment? And he's just dancing, being a dumb kid. And then knowing Radich is right there, just drops Trow and moons the whole stands, and Radich drags him out. Yep. And he is pissed. He takes all of Spinner's extracurriculars yeah, it's away. A, it's a good thing it was September 2001, because if this would have happened in a 2020, they would have had all kinds of things to say about indecent exposure to Canceled. a bunch of high school kids. See, I don't know, because a high school boy like Spinner mooning a crowd of his peers doesn't strike me the same as like... Louis C.K. It's yeah. not the same thing. He, he's not flashing dong around for sexual purposes. No, he's but. just like, I'm just going to make you guys uncomfortable by being gross for a minute. <laughs> and because teen boys. I mean, I know some could do that with malice, but I, it just wasn't yeah. that situation to me. But I, I think at least a suspension would be necessary. Yeah, and... Apparently, all of the administration is aware of Spinner's situation because he's like, you've been on Ritalin for two years. You, knows what, you know what happens when you don't take it. Right. And let's take note of this. He did not rat Jimmy out. Yeah. He did not rat he's, Jimmy he's out. He's the best friend. He just takes it. He's, he decides, you know, I guess I'm not going to be manager of the basketball team anymore. Single and tier. 
He has to take all of his pills in front of Radich's secretary three times a day now. Why do we have all these best friend pairs of people who are dicks and they're fucking lackeys? They like make each other worse, but they also protect each other when they get worse. And it's yeah. like, why do you guys do get different friends? I just... At least Terry's kind of sticking up for herself, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. And then we get the last scene of the game. Jimmy is being a ball hog like he has been the whole game. He will yeah. not pass, especially to Sean, who is apparently the second best player or first best player on the team. They're one and two either way. And he just constantly, I'm open. And he, I don't know much about basketball. Again, seems to be. I'd pass that guy. I'd pass any one of these guys to the ball. They're, they don't teach you to pass so you don't do it. <laughs> I feel like that's part of it. I've never played basketball either, but he he was just being the worst. Now, there was one point in the game at the beginning where I will defend Jimmy's actions as somebody mm -hmm. who has okay. played sports. So the first instance we see of him being a ball hog, Jimmy's or Sean is telling him, I'm open, I'm open to like make a layup, and Jimmy shoots a three-pointer. Better for the team. If he was open, he made it. I'm going to defend that. Okay, That's yeah. okay. But he, yeah, he is putting up numbers. I think there's only one instance of Sean saying, I'm open, where he goes for it, and then it doesn't work out. I take issue with it if it would have been the same result anyway, because it's like you could have scored that faster and had more chances to score. Whereas yeah. a three-pointer, that is like Sean wasn't out of the three-point line, so it was a smarter decision scoring-wise. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Armstrong is noticing that Jimmy is just being a total dick. And then he walks up and lays Sean out, a player on his own team, yeah, he to steals get the ball. the ball from his teammate. Yeah, and then he shoots a basket and scores – and everybody's cheering. They rush onto the the thing, but onto the ba basketball field. The thing. What's it called? The, the playing court. surface. <laughs> the tennis table table. Yeah, the courtyard. They, they all rush onto the court, and the only person that seems to notice that Sean is like hurt and can't get up is Coach Armstrong. Yeah, which I take issue with the whole crowd because if somebody like stole the ball from a teammate, wouldn't everyone be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I don't think they'd erupt into cheers, especially. So if they're cheering when that happened, they're probably from Degrassi, right? Yeah. So they probably know Sean. At my high school games, if one of our people was hurt, we were not standing up screaming our heads off. We were like, is our classmate okay? There's just a fuck Sean chant going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Let's the problem. Let's go, Jimmy. Fuck Sean. It's not that Jimmy's not being terrible. They just dislike Sean more. <laughs> I mean, he, he left us to go to Wasega, so... Fuck that guy. They heard about Wasega. And then Armstrong is like, wiggle your toes. And he's wearing sneakers. You can't see him wiggle his toes. Yeah, I did notice that. Uh, <laughs> so then we get our conclusion. Not much left in this episode. Emma, JT, and Manny are leaving the game. And th we hear Eva say, what was going on with that Jimmy guy? He's He was acting like a lunatic. And it's like, yes, he was, Emma. I agree with you again for once. Like... It's not for yeah. once. I agree with her a lot, but I just don't like, I don't like the way she says things. No. And we see the TVs come on. Liberty is giving the post-game announcements and she does an okay job. Ah, uh, yes. Ashley's big plan has come to fruition. And that big plan was for Liberty not to suck, I guess. Yeah. Her big plan was to just, I guess, not fuck her over and start the camera <laughs> early and actually like give her a tip or two. Don't worry, Liberty. I have a plan. I'm going to say action before I turn the camera on. Yeah, and she 
tells her she did a, a good job and that she can do the announcements next year, which she kept saying, which is why I think it was structured the way it was. Like an eighth grader always does the announcements. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you just tell her that? We wouldn't have even needed this B plot. And mm-hmm. so then we get Armstrong talking to Jimmy and he says he wasn't a team player and he almost broke Sean's ankle, which it looked like painful. Yeah. And Jimmy is off the team because Armstrong saw that it was intentional and says they have a zero tolerance violence policy. Get what you get. He's sleeping in his bed <laughs> and I think he deserves that. Yeah. Hey, Vamp, what episode are we covering next? That's right. We are covering Secrets and Lies. <laughs> Good job, Vamp. Good job. You're okay, now a that's studious note taker. She's, she's been watching along with us, guys. Yeah, you and have. And she has a lot to say. Hey, Vamp, come here. <laughs> so the eighth episode of season one is called Secrets and Lies. It shares its title with a song by... Mm-hmm. So it says Jonathan Brooke, and I don't know if that's a typo for Jonathan. I want to believe it's Jonathan. I don't think the Degrassipedia would lie to me. The Canadian air date was December 9th, 2001, and the U.S. air date was May 6th, 2002. Let me make sure that's the correct. Yeah, that's right. And it was written by Aaron Martin, Kit Hood, Linda Schuller, and Jan Moore, directed by Bruce McDonald. And he's directed 21 episodes of The Next Generation and a bunch of other stuff. He has a project in pre-production right now. He's still working. Damn. Um, Yeah, we talked about him last episode. He does the zombie movies, which I wanted to talk a little bit about Bruce McDonald because we have had discussions about this when we were doing research. I noticed, so he directs some of the the pretty brutal episodes. The heavy hitters. Yeah, the heavy hitter episodes of Degrassi. Which are which can range from emotionally taxing to just very dark content and everything in between. If you haven't seen it yet, just to give you an idea, we've seen Emma almost get molested, and we haven't had a heavy hitter episode yet. Yeah, and he, he directed <laughs> those as well. That two parter. Oh man. Yeah, that's what this I'm saying. This guy's a sick fuck. Well, and I thought. It was very funny when we looked at what he has directed, and it's mostly been horror movies. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of horror you know, when it's not Degrassi. Horror movies and daytime television for children. And Just the real life horrors. <laughs> this is the first episode of Degrassi that deals with sexual orient or Degrass- Degrassi the Next Generation specifically oh, yes. that deals with sexual orientation directly. And now for another round of <laughs> another round Luke's IMDb fun facts. And guess what fun fact we had for uh, this episode? What's that? Um, this episode takes place in September of 2001. That's the same. It's the same fun fact for <laughs> okay. both episodes. Yes. Please don't repeat the other um, And just to give you an idea of where we are at um, this was the month and year that Country Bear Jamboree shut down in Disneyland. So no more Country Bear Jamboree. And it's also the month and year that Barbie in the Nutcracker premiere. So Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. Thanks for that information. Yeah. And we don't need to mention anything else about September 2001. You're the only one bringing it up. 
Uh, the me, only me one. Me and IMDb. Okay. Uh, I'm because we're gonna have this segment every se- t- twice an episode. Because the episodes aren't long enough. You're right. Ho- hopefully they get their fun fact game together. Anyway, we open uh, Ashley and her dad, who we haven't seen yet, just drives up in a car. They've gone to brunch. They're having a good time. They're just just uh, bonding, a little father-daughter bonding. They haven't seen each other in a while. And she walks in and tells her mom that they just had a grand old time. And then we... We witness a little bit of a kerfuffle based around hard water. We between do. Ashley's mom and dad. Uh, Ashley's mom and Toby's dad, and we we hear a little bit of this fight. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, She's, I didn't see, see anything amiss, and that's why I've taken measures to make this an argument we don't have in our house. <laughs> so, oh, I didn't know you were going to take a personal <laughs> angle with this. <laughs> well. It's, just funny so she says you didn't put vinegar in the dishwasher like i asked you to right and he says i'm sorry kate i just can't remember things like that and then as he's leaving the kitchen when ashley walks in he says she's in one of her moods again and she says i wouldn't be if you would grasp the concept of hard water and i know exactly he's not putting rinse agent in the dishwasher after she has repeatedly told him and that leaves spots on glasses. However, I'm really not on Kate's side with this one because you don't always put rinse agent in. And you know what I do when I load the dishwasher, which I do pretty regularly? Just make sure it has rinse agent in it. I, in it. I put it in every now and then. See, I mix it up. Men aren't that hard to train. Figure it out, Kate. Do you want this episode to be <laughs> four and a half hours long? <laughs> well, did you use rinse, rinse agent before I, I moved didn't in? You- the next scene, <laughs> Terry and Ashley are whispering a little about this whole vinegar, hard water debacle, but mostly they're saying that uh, um, Ashley's biological dad and mom are getting along well, and then uh, Terry, for the first time, mentions her mother, who is deceased, and she has a very nice heart locket of her, and Ashley, true to form, is slightly interested doesn't give it its due i don't think she miss kwan walks into the room also so terry shows her the locket first and then ashley's like "Uh, yeah enough about your dead mom let me tell you about my alive parents thanks (laughs) and and she talks a little bit and miss kwan walks into a pretty quiet classroom and says quiet down everybody it's like miss kwan they were being pretty quiet this is why i had kwan grief in the last episode of degrassi but she you haven't seen some things that I have seen in this season, and yeah. I'm going to say she doesn't deserve some th- the way they treat her. Okay, but she's heading for something maybe not as bad as what may happen. But yeah. I also I also thought it was funny that the poster she had for Lord of the Flies was, was very graphic. It's I just two severed pig's heads yes. dripping blood. I was like, whoa, what a metal poster. <laughs> she's like, hey, your test is in two days. Watch out. <laughs> The test never comes up again, I don't think. But well, I'm surprised. Lord Jimmy might have been sweating did. it. Yeah. Um, so we move on, and uh, Ashley's dad is up giving some sort of job presentation to the classroom, talking about how he was overseas and like, is it Karatov? It's it's something wild. He's I didn't a even listen to where man. he he was talking about 
being. I would just heard them being very interested that he got hit by shrapnel and thinking that yeah. was the coolest shit ever, which the is accurate for middle schoolers. Are swooning. Oh yeah, and especially Paige, of course, because one, it's an available dude, I guess, and two, because it's Ashley's dad, and she has a thing for just taking everything that belongs to Ashley and making she her really life does. miserable. <laughs> Yeah, so in gym class in the next scene, at, or Paige is telling Ashley that her dad is a hottie. Yeah. And I'm like, me in real life. Like, the question, hot dads are. The question that's she a good asked category. Ashley's dad before that, where it's like, did your life flash before your eyes? And he's like, no, but the blast did. <laughs> and Ashley looks so proud. She's like, oh, my hero. My and dad's so brave. They're talking about Ashley's hot dad, and we're. He's going to have some monikers, I think. I just, I like talking about Ashley's hot dad. Me too. Uh, so they're talking about Ashley's hot dad. And they they wonder why it didn't work out between Ashley's biological dad and her mom. Because and she seems to be getting along just fine. They get along famously. And it wasn't for another woman. He just moved to Europe and didn't come back for five years. And now he's back back and better than ever but not back for the family he's just living in the area yeah i mean and for ashley but not to they've made it pretty clear he's not back to get back with ashley's mom yes but not especially clear to ashley as yeah. we'll find out but uh before that ashley's dad uh picks her up she's like okay bye kids and Paige is like bye mr Kerwin. um they seem to be getting along and Ashley is cooking with her mom, and she is kind of telling her the same thing she's telling her friends, which is like, everybody loves my dad. You guys seem to be getting along so well. And I mean, she saw them like kiss when she was going inside because they stayed outside to talk as she went in. Right. And she's just wondering why it didn't work out between you guys. What is it? What happened? And should I do it? It's... it's I think you should. It's really important. Your dad is gay. And the whole time that chorus <laughs> music was happening, we got a, a zoom on Ashley's shocked face. She's very shocked. I talked to you about a long time ago. Mom, I was joking. It's not a joke. Your dad is gay. I cannot wait to get that on a button. <laughs> That's so good. It, and we're not laughing because her dad is gay. If you've seen the episode or the clip, you know exactly why we're laughing. It is filmed in the most... I believe they call it's, it a deep zoom. Yes. Where the camera is... They take the camera and they roll it backwards as they zoom in. And it does this perspective shift. It actually is like, my whole world. It's shifted. <laughs> she looks like devastated and it's like but he's back in your life he's alive he's yeah. healthy he survived he doesn't war. have cancer he's just gay like <laughs> calm down cool it ashley in nbd you got a hot gay dad like <laughs> <laughs> some people don't have parents at all like terry yeah well she has a one dad but yeah uh, she's fresh out of mom's missing that mom for sure <laughs> yeah. so the grade sevens yeah let's go back oh this just doesn't... Well, JT has some moments. We but. get to hear three haikus in this storyline, though. Three pretty good haikus, honestly. They're not terrible, but I hate Emma's just because of her meaning behind it. Yeah. So the grade sevens, it starts out with Toby explaining some internet stuff to Snake, the media immersion teacher. Well, I think that was a test. 
I think that okay. that's why nobody else was doing anything. It was test day, and the test was you had to go up, and Snake had to watch you tell him exactly how to do these things that they had practiced. That makes that's more how my sense. computer classes would work in school anyway. Well, I I didn't learn HTML, and I got a pretty bad computer class apparently because I just uh, assumed that Toby was being super hacker again and showing Snake how it's done. No, we had to do that in school. Like if we were learning a process, we mm-hmm. had to like. I guess that was the only way they could, the easiest way to test students on if they actually knew how to do it. I had to go to like a summer class for Excel that my mom made me do. Oh, anyway, <laughs> we, we're back in Miss Kwan's class this time with the grade sevens and they're doing um, haikus and Emma has. Well, we're not actually, we're wait, still in Snake's class and they're talking about the haikus for Miss Kwan's class. Oh, okay. Emma, Emma I, asked I Sean if he prepared his haiku for next period for Miss Kwan's class. And he says, have you? And she recites, ancient waves so pure, lapping on the shores of time, early death, our fault. And he says, that's happy. And she says, it's about the ocean. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, he he was not buying what she was selling. Which is kind of weird considering we did have some stuff between the Emma-Sean relationship in the last episode. But they're taking their time. Sean definitely should. He should watch out for some more red flags, I think. I think so, too. (laughs) Take off those rose-colored glasses, Sean, because when you're wearing those, all the flags just look normal. So JT throws a paper airplane at Snake. Oh, yes. A very high effort paper airplane. It looked really good. Yeah. They do like a a tracking shot of it. It, It's they go to a lot of trouble and they should because JT made the hell out of that paper airplane. But it hits Snake. He turns around. He's like, who did that? And JT is more than willing to face the consequences of his actions. But Liberty just... Uh, speaking of Ashley's hot gay dad, jumps on the bomb for him. (laughs) (laughs) Jumps on the shrapnel, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, she catches that snake shrapnel right in the heart. And apparently Liberty can just throw paper airplanes with Snake was caught off guard because she never does that. Because he was just like, oh, um, I guess (laughs) sit down and don't do it again. Like, it's weird for you to act this way, Liberty. Like, that was kind of how I read it. So you remember the music that Emma got for when she was being Toby's love interest? She wants me. She Liberty has her own R&B track. smooth, like, romantic R&B. This is what I'm talking about, Liberty winning me over. Because she's miring on JT pretty hard. And then she just gets this tight little R&B riff in. We hear it the whole episode almost. Yeah, it's um, almost as bad as the flute music. Because she takes the blame. Then she turns around and smiles with all her teeth and gums at JT. And the music starts. A lot of gum on that girl. Yeah. And in the hall... Manny and Emma, JT and Toby are all discussing how obvious it is that Liberty has a crush on JT. And Liberty walks up and returns the paper airplane. Which she didn't need to do. And we get the music again. Yeah. And I'm sure I've been that person, especially in middle school, where I lacked any self-awareness. But I got a feel for Liberty. She's crushed hard and unaware of what... Any that everyone can see it, especially J two E. I've been that person before, I'm sure. Frightened. <laughs> oh yes, he's very, especially after um this next scene. But first, 
it opens with in Miss Kwan's class. Yes. With and Sean. Sean delivering the best haiku of all haikus. I loved it. Did, did you write down the haiku? Yes, I did. Oh, thank God. Poetry is crime. No idea how to rhyme. Stupid waste of time. And then Miss Kwan, like 50-50 English teachers are going to be like this or going to be older and pissed that you're making a yes. joke. out of. But she took it like in stride like a lot of English teachers I've had. It's like, well... Technically, the point of poetry is to express your emotions, and you do have the correct amount of syllables, so that's a valid poem. Good job, Sean. Like some points, you know. She, I, I agree, Miss Kwan. Like, like in my book, not redeemable, but pretty cool, Miss Kwan. Very and, like an English teacher, like a real one to me. I yeah, liked that. They're learning English at least. She just doesn't have to tell them to be quiet when they're not being loud. Uh, then Liberty rolls out her haiku, which was not bad, actually. Highly embarrassing, but not bad. I'm going to disagree there because she let her emotions get in the way of her head. The second syllable had, or the second line had one too many syllables. And I eight, not seven. Points that out. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I liked it. She reads it while smiling with all her gums again. Straight at JT, right down the barrel. Yep. And her haiku, did you write it down? I did not. It's smile like a sunbeam, height subordinate to his heart. Makes me lie awake, which if they weren't trying to make Liberty sound super brainy, it could have been a correct haiku. But were they trying to get across that she was so distracted by the crush that she couldn't have just used like a $2 word instead of a $5 word? Yeah. She didn't have to use the word subordinate. That's a lot of syllables. That is. Like, that's not necessary. She could have boiled that down, but I I like the ending line. It it was pretty good. It It was good, but it's, I don't know. I, I... feel like that was intentional that they wouldn't have made liberty make a mistake intentionally on a school assignment like oh, that if true. she wasn't distracted by something else She's based got on that what we know love brain yeah and in the next scene with the grade sevens jt calls out to toby from a locker D- toby's just walking down the <laughs> hallway and he hears hey hey toby what <laughs> and he just finds a locker that jt locked himself inside and Honestly, probably for good reason, because as soon as he steps out of the locker, Liberty rolls up like she was scanning the hallways for JT. And she thinks it would be a great idea for him to be the student of the week for the grapevine. Well, she already brought that up. They had scheduled an interview for right now, and he didn't want to do the interview, which is why he was hiding and why when she just appeared after he (laughs) appeared, she just took a picture of him in the locker. (laughs) Great for the front page of the grapevine, I'm sure. He thinks of an excuse based on a poster, and she doesn't accept it. She does not take no for an answer. And yeah. He just grabs him and walks away, then and again, the R&B starts again. Their excuse was that they both had ballroom dance class. Yes. <laughs> so back to the grade eights. Ashley is in the lunchroom, looking none too thrilled about her hot gay dad. And... Maybe this is not as weird as I think it is, but she poured her carton of milk into a glass at school. We'll find out it was for the scene because I I didn't see anybody else using a glass and I've never done that in my life. She, okay, just going off of like not what they needed for the scene, not prop stuff. What type of psychopath brings a glass to school to pour their milk in? It looks like a school glass, but like... Nobody else has one. 
But who who has those like pizza restaurant blue glasses at their house? I guess unless they stole them. I've definitely stole stolen them those from, from pizza. Yeah. 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 So she's a... Th- these are all jokes. Psychopath <laughs> and a thief. We're law-abiding citizens. But so, yes. So uh, Terry is concerned about Paige. She's like, you're doing all right. Concerned about Ashley. Oh, concerned about Ashley. You do it all right. How's your hot dad? And Paige, Paige walks up and interrupts terry being concerned by saying hey i'm concerned about you just like the, the same thing terry just exact said. same thing it's like she waited so she would be able to interrupt terry oh probably unless they were in line together and terry paid first so she had a little bit of a lag yeah she was waiting in the bathroom for like 45 <laughs> yeah, minutes she's always like, waiting in the bathroom oh, they're not going to talk about it in here so i can't pop out of the stall <laughs> but, and Paige asks ashley you know, have you noticed these things about your dad? Have you considered he might be gay? And she's like, what? No, what the get, fuck? get out of town. You and fucking then, what, mate? <laughs> you fucking what? <laughs> and then she dumps milk all over Paige. And Paige, and Paige is, is like, rightly horrified because she's like, hey, I have an older gay brother. My oldest brother's gay. I was just trying to help. And this is the first time we hear a mention of Dylan, Paige's older brother, who we meet in season three. He'll be round. And I want to go back because I think Paige's thought process was, hey, her dad isn't feeling these vibes I'm throwing out. He must (laughs) be gay. (laughs) Okay. I could see that. I hadn't considered that, but I could see it. But see, no matter what angle she was going at, either one of the ones we're talking about, like, hey, my brother's gay, her dad might be gay, or he's not picking up on these vibes, he must be gay. None of those were to hurt Ashley. They were just trying to help Ashley figure everything out. Like, she had no ill intent here. And she was correct. Like, whatever path she came by, clearly Ashley isn't ready to accept it. And there's a lot of... um, a lot of doubt going on in this episode because after Paige says, I was trying to help, Terry presses X to cast it. <laughs> she looks at her. But I don't doubt Paige. I just wanted to say that I've seen yeah. a lot of people but doubting. If I was Terry, I would doubt Paige in that moment. I mean, not after knowing what, what I she, know now. <laughs> after what she did to her at the dance. So Liberty is loving. Oh, actually, yeah, we first we get to the scene. Outside lunch with well, Emma you skipped the scene where JT and Toby were talking about Mr. Kerwin's sexuality. And uh, they were talking about like, I don't know. I like girls. Women are hot. Oh, yeah. What was that line? And then Some Toby people- says, I don't know, JT. Some people are just gay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> how How is Toby who... I guess he's only one year younger than Ashley, but he seems like a lot younger. And he is immediately cooler with. Well, he's immediately more progressive than Ashley is by a mile. That's true. And I understand why she gets so upset later when she finds out more information. But based on what she knows right now, all she knows is that her dad is gay. Yeah, she's got a hot gay dad. So then we get to the outside lunch scene with the grade sevens. Yeah, and. JT and Toby are like sitting up by the stoop like the cool kids that they got are and uh Liberty is gazing at JT from afar and it's playing that music again except this time JT's mouth is covered in peanut butter it's wide Mustard, open I think well he was eating a sandwich yeah 
Oh. Like a hot sandwich. Mustard. It was definitely mustard in the close-up. Mustard does go on sandwiches, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, he doesn't look like the most attractive person, but Liberty is... He's open-mouthed laughing with a mouthful of chewed (laughs) food while she's looking at him with the R&B music playing, I guess in her mind. It's like, that's so gross. Yeah. And Emma and Manny are talking to Liberty, and they hint to Liberty that JT might not like her back, but they do not tell her the They're whole truth like they probably trying should. trying to let her down easy a little too hard. Yeah. And JT notices the attention, and they concoct a little plan. And that plan is JT's just going to be gay. Okay, so... JT had a real uh, not considerate moment right here. I guess we can attribute this to middle schoolers not having any concept of adult problems. Yeah. But he says, and I really like JT, come on. He says, we know we know what coming out did to his marriage. What if I came out to Liberty? <laughs> it's like, hey, this destroyed this guy's marriage and his like, you know, the life he had built. What if I did that too? They have a real middle school boy understanding of consequences where to solve their problems, they're like, let's poison the watering system or (laughs) let me be gay. That is a trend. So, and then Ashley's dad signs her out for the rest of the day and we cut to JT and Liberty going to talk under the stairs. Yes. And he quote unquote comes out to her. It's their little secret. He's not telling anyone. And Liberty takes it hard, but she's not. She's understanding. She accepts the information and it hurts her feelings, mostly because she had a crush on him. And now she knows it's like technically not an option. And but she's like, thank you for telling me. I'm glad you told me the truth. And she promises to keep his secret. Yeah. Which is good. Now, Ash is talking to her dad. This conversation is kind of infuriating. It gets to a point where I see Ashley's point of view. But, but she, she didn't know this information when she was that mad. Yes. Before. And she is, he's, her dad is like, we should have told you before, but we wanted to wait till you were older. And she's frustrated because she's lied. He's lied to her this entire time. And then she's like, well, have you been with other guys? As if it's like, no, I broke off my marriage because I, to say I'm gay and like not actually. I saw a picture of Ryan Reynolds and my life was changed. (laughs) But yeah, this information is really upsetting. It's it's really shitty. I don't care if you left because you realized you were gay and you wanted to find yourself. That's fine. The fact that makes me feel for Ashley is that apparently he was gay with a Charlie. Yes, and it's who this, she met because he he would bring him around while they were still married, and that he went on family trips with them. He came to dinner at their house, and it's like, when did the mom find? It? She seems at peace with it now, but it's like that's a really yeah, and he shitty thing to do to your kids as a coworker. I would I would also feel hurt. Like, yeah, like first you, half maybe not, but this one is kind of fucked up. Like you brought the man that you were going to leave our family for into our house while you were still married to mom. Really, dad? And I get it. I get why she's so mad. Uh, One point of contention with Degrassi, though, Ashley's like, the guy with the mustache? And why is every... Okay, there are a lot of plots where dads are being gay, right? (laughs) But every single one, it's 
a guy with a mustache is just every 80s gay man is Freddie Mercury or one of the village people. Aren't they all? Uh, apparently. Apparently, according to film. <laughs> yeah. So we get a scene with the grade sevens in the computer lab. And we get the another iconic clip where JT yes. does the Hey Liberty Girlfriend. <laughs> he his view of gay people is like every stereotype concentrated and rolled into one where he does the limp wrist flip and then he's like, Hey girlfriend, and Liberty is not buying it at all. She's just I, like, I think she was buying it. I think it was just still like a fresh wound for her. And he seemed to be rubbing it in her face yes because based on the conversation they had later and the reaction she had i don't think she had any suspicions yeah so from his point of view he was kind of overacting from her point of view it's like thanks for rubbing it in my face that we're never gonna and and i guess you're gay with toby because he just sits down and puts (laughs) his arm around toby (laughs) did you notice that the computers in the computer lab said nak on them they are I like not. news about kids branded computers. I noticed that in this episode. Okay, so this is like a sub subplot where right wing NAK is pushing their opinions into Degrassi. Yeah, even if like our contract runs out and you guys get to keep the computers without airing the program, we're still going to be present. Yeah, I, I want to find out that there's like a secret subplot going on in the background of Degrassi, but we'll keep our eye out for NAK stuff. A- anyway, Liberty kind of storms off without saying anything. And to wrap up the grade seven storyline before we get to um, Ashley's end in this episode, she's still alive. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, Or worry, probably. (laughs) (laughs) There's reason for concern. Liberty approaches JT in the hall and is like, you know what? I've reckoned with this. She doesn't say out loud, but you can kind of tell, like, I was upset at first because I had a crush on you, but you're my friend. So... Why, do you want to come out in the grapevine? You could help other LGBT youths that are struggling well, with this. She does, like, have the idea of, like, hey, you should come out in the grapevine, which... That's what I just said. Well, the way she phrased it wasn't, like, I want to help you out. It, it's kind of, like, I have an idea for how you should come out, which didn't really sit with me as I well. I think that's how she tries to care right now. I think yeah. Liberty, as a person, is still trying to figure out historically she does have that problem where she's just presenting it in a different way and and being a hashtag girl boss yeah and when he says no she's like okay well well, here are my bullet points that i researched on why it would be good for you and other people (laughs) and (laughs) and then he's like no i'm not gay i just don't want to be with you (laughs) and this is why i think she didn't have suspicions she looked entire she was like you you lied to me am i really that horrible like i i believed you at face value i just wanted to be supportive and you just wanted to get me away from you i guess like she was shocked and very very hurt yeah which she did not deserve and okay i'm a recent liberty apologist for a long time i haven't really been a fan of liberty but this really kind of hurt me it it was sad to watch i did not like all she did was have a crush on a boy all she did was love she made the mistake of loving so and that's how our grade seven storyline ends on that sad note Yep. And we get Ashley and Terry talking in the hall. And she poorly explains herself again for the another time in this podcast episode. 
because Terry's like, what's wrong? What happened? And she just says that my dad left my mom for his boyfriend. She doesn't say his boyfriend was present in our lives and was invited into our family home before things were technically amiss. Like, and also, that would have been important context to explain why she was so upset. No feeling about how Terry might be feeling when we started out the episode with her dead mom. Yeah. So and once again, Ter- Terry's a doormat. No, she's not, actually. She's not. She's being treated like one, but... Well, because Ash says she wants to cut her dad out of her life. She has Toby's dad, Toby, her mom. She's fine. And Terry says, you know, you don't mean that. You don't want to do that. And she says to Terry, Terry, you fucking dumbass. Of course I do. I'm mad. And this exchange happens. She says, my mom died, Ash. She's never coming back. But you, you have your dad back. And the audacity of Ashley to be like, it's different. And then- she says it's not the same. And Terry says, no, it's not the same. And you want to know why? You have a choice. I don't. Don't make the wrong one. Damn, and- Ashley. How's a steaming plate of perspective treating you? Yeah, I've got a dead mom. You have an alive dad. How about you think on that for a minute? And we kind of get left on a little bit of a cliffhanger there. Yeah, we see Ashley just kind of looking thoughtful and sad in the hall. Yeah, she's like, I just got I just got told she's right. But what what is she going to choose to do? We don't know yet. We know she doesn't make some great decisions in the future, but none none of the cast really do. Yeah, they all fuck up a lot. This is really Ashley's season for fucking up, though. Damn. All of them are that she's in. <laughs> but this is this is her like Oh, what's the word? Her She's in berserker mode this season. Magnum <laughs> opus of fucking up her life. Oh, yeah. And it's it's a real slow burn until it just sets ablaze. Class president. How about that? Class president with a hot gay dad. So who do you think did whatever it takes this week? Uh, this This is a tough one. Well, I want to say, now, not that it worked out for him, but I want to say Jimmy tried to do whatever it took to be on the basketball team, and it very much backfired on him. Yeah, he really did. He did. And and Spinner. He did whatever he thought it took, but that is not what it took, it turns out. (laughs) That is not what it takes jimmy not what it takes to get on the panthers it's it's what it takes to ruin your friend spinner's life for a little bit oh and yeah also fuck up sean's ankle and which note sean's ankle healed immediately in the next pretty episode. pretty quick no brace nothing yeah so i'll say jimmy tried to do whatever it takes and that's good enough okay what do you think Who, who's your who's your person mr Kerwin. okay he shouldn't that's have good. brought uh christopher to their house especially while they were still married especially if uh kate is that ashley's mom's name especially if kate didn't know like anything was going on that's really crappy that was a mistake five years ago but i he he was in love and he left her and moved to europe for five years and left his kid like he did whatever it takes to find himself and pursue love the search for self-knowledge is one of the most noble Yeah, we like we say every episode. This is not based on a morality. It's 
thing. It's just whoever did whatever it takes. Did you did you hear that sigh? That was me just realizing that he abandoned his children for five years. Yeah. <laughs> he has one child. He, she doesn't have siblings. Oh. You keep forgetting that Toby and Ashley aren't biologically related, I think, because you missed family politics the first watch through. So I guess you just always assumed. Yeah. And it's... They they act like siblings a lot. They immediately started fighting. So. Yeah. Um, well, we've got more to look forward to. And I I think so far, top five episodes for me. They were both really good. I know we've got some more in store. So until next week, thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> Can you? Ah, no, my headphones. She's on them. <laughs> she escaped. She got out. She broke free. Okay, are we good? Yeah, can you hear? <laughs> yeah. Is everything okay? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs>